From Vistio, this is Recorded for Quality Assurance, an interview series where we talk to the world's leading CX experts about industry trends, CX technology, and simplifying the process of delivering great customer service. Hey, Mark. Thanks for joining me. Do I have your permission to record this call for Quality Assurance? Yeah, that's no problem. Excellent. You have a unique view on the CX industry as a former technology director. You now work predominantly as a communication advisor due to your experience writing books and blogs on technology, work, and globalization for notable media outlets like Huffington Post and the BBC. Can you give our readers and our listeners today a little more insight into your background, where you started, and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, thanks, Haley, and it's great to be here. Thanks for the invite. Um, Yeah, I I mean, it's a sort of circuitous journey that I've taken because I started out, um, I originally studied computer science, and then my first job was as a coder with Siemens. Uh, So I wrote a whole bunch of software, mostly retail software, you know, stuff like checking your credit card and things like that. But I kind of, you know, over time, I I moved into banking technology, I, I rose up the ranks, and I ended up running all of the trading technology for a big French bank. And uh, and then after that job, I ran European technology for an American bank. So, uh, you know, so I was kind of involved mainly in technology management. That got me into working with a lot of suppliers, you know, sort of in ITO and BPO. So I got a lot of experience working with many of the companies that, that we sort of um, talk about today in the CX space. Um, but uh, at one point, I, I spent time setting up a facility over in India for software development. And, and I found that, that not many people had really written stuff about uh, this, this process, you know, the, the whole outsourcing when, when, I mean, this is around the time of the millennium when so many companies were moving off to India, whether it was contact centers or IT development. Um, and so I just wrote a book about the whole process and, and you know, how do companies go about managing this, this entire process? Uh, and the book did really well. You know, there was, there was um, the, the Financial Times and other big business journals reviewed it well. And, uh, and I just sort of had a moment where I thought, okay, I'm just going to become a writer. I don't want to get up early and go to the bank every morning. Uh, and, uh, and, and it's taken time, but um, yeah, eventually I kind of moved into an environment where I've written 20 books about technology now. Um, so, so now my time is kind of split between uh, new books that I'm working on, um, uh, the, the media work like commentary analysis, uh, and also helping corporate clients. You know, I do a lot of ghostwriting and stuff like that as well. It's so interesting, Mark, you and I have known each other for quite some time. So when I found out that you had been so heavily involved in being a technology director in that space early on in your career, I found it so interesting. And then it made so much sense as to why uh, you write so well on the subject. And um, in that same realm, as we move forward with our interview, can you share a little more about your day-to-day role and responsibilities, particularly um, apart from your writing, how you advise senior leaders in the customer experience realm? Normally, the, the, the work that I'm doing, yeah, it's, it does sort of split between my own personal pet sort of projects, you know, the latest book I'm working on or something, and the kind of working with industry leaders. And, and that goes in, in one of two ways, you know, either it's analysis work, where I'm actually working on specific projects or problems um, or or analyzing maybe a different market or something like that or or it can be um 
what you might think of more as like sales or marketing, where I'm helping the leader themselves to sort of present their views in a better way, you know, because let's face it, most, you know, sales directors or chief executives, they don't have any time to write anything. So I'll talk to senior leaders, find out what they're thinking about, and then I will give them articles and, and white papers and stuff that, that actually kind of, it repeats back what they're saying, but I just kind of add the gloss to it. That's great and so helpful, especially it's, you know, it's hard to find that time as a senior leader to write, even though they have such great ideas. Mm, yeah, and I know yeah. from, I know from my experience of working from you in the, with the, in the past, um, what an incredible job you've done writing articles for organizations I've worked for. Um, and that brings me to my next, next question throughout your impressive career and now specifically with the knowledge of your great background in technology in the CX space, um, what are the main pain points you've seen with contact center technology, specifically the technology used to aid in customer service? Mm, yeah, I mean, I suppose one of the recurring themes is the sort of rush to use tech to replace something or to reduce costs immediately, you know, and and, and a great example of this is where we've seen the, the growth in use of chatbots to uh, prevent contact with a contact center. So, you know, instead of presenting the technology as a solution that adds value, um, it's quite often just been presented as a sort of cost reduction strategy because we can we can deflect away from from having to pay for contact center agents. So, so I think that you know that that's been uh, you know, definitely one of the key sort of pain points that I've seen o- over the past few years with tech in in contact centers and customer experience. So, do you think it's fair to say that we we saw this big drift away from making customer service more personal, more human, and now we're seeing the pendulum swing back to being more of a hu- human focused? Yeah, I think that. Um, I mean, uh, on that example of like the chatbots, um, clearly we we swung away from the personal and the human touch, and felt that the technology was going to offer a an immediate replacement. You know, we, we can reduce the, the headcount in the contact center because the chatbots should be able to handle all the simple questions. And then we found that actually the way that many of these tools were implemented didn't actually work very well and led to a real reduction, um, uh, creating a poor customer experience. But I think that, um, you know, technologies like this, uh, you know, you, you are a, a, a contact center technology company, so you must experience this all the time. A lot of it is around the implementation and the appreciation of what the tools can actually do, because when you apply them in the right way, then they can actually work. And I had um, a guest recently on, on my CX Files podcast talking about chatbots, and she gave a fantastic example of a travel company um, that that once the contact center with the humans sort of shuts down at the end of the day, the chatbots take over, but the chatbots, they don't even make an attempt to replace the human interaction. What they do is basically say, look, tell us what you're interested in. Tell us when you're interested in travel and we're going to take all your details and then we're going to feed that to an agent. What time do you want them to call you tomorrow? And so, you know, that that's a, a much better way to sort of approach the problem because a chatbot, gathering basic information like your name and phone number when you're interested in traveling. You know, that's that's simple and that's exactly what a bot can do well. And so I think that, that that's 
you know, where, where we're starting to see this, um, the pain points are really around using the technologies in the wrong way. Yeah, I think that's exactly what we focus on here too, is the implementation oftentimes is where things get lost in translation. You have a company that goes in and they implement, but then they never follow back to see how it's going. And mm. I, I like that about certain technologies, certain softwares in the industry right now, where the implementation of the software is done hand in hand with the software company. And then they take you through the journey too. So when the pain points do arise with that software, the company's there to either make changes in their software and improve, or that they can be there to hold your hand through making it work for you specific for the contact center specifically. Um, we'll get back to the questions I had for you. So we're talking about, you know, how technology has changed or impacted the industry, maybe negatively with the chat bots that the implementation doesn't always work out with the specific situation they're needed for. Um, but the question I have is what are some examples of how technology has changed or impacted the industry, both negatively and positively. So perhaps we can focus more on the positive. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, as I mentioned, yeah, if it just briefly, like I suppose the negative side is that a lot of technologies just haven't been well implemented and not thought through. So, you know, that we can sort of park that, I think, because I think that applies across many different technologies that, that have been tested and tried and either rolled out too early or just not thought through correctly. But But on the positive side, I think that we're actually seeing a wave of different emerging technologies throughout the industry that are helping, I think, to bring brands and customers closer together. And, and you can look at various specific areas such as data analytics, um, uh, you know, big data, being able to study patterns within data using artificial intelligence or using machine learning to actually gather up every customer interaction and remember the, the, the original problem and the solution. So if you imagine, you know, over time, your contact centers recording all this information about what are the paths from a problem to a solution. Um, and it basically gives the uh, intelligence across every agent. So instead of an individual agent building up experience over time, that you should be able to share that knowledge throughout the contact center. So I think that, you know, you were seeing various technologies like this really helping both improve the life of the agent um, through, you know, aut automation, making it much easier to get data moving from one system to another, as, as well as things like next best action, you know, so an AI system listening to the call and suggesting to the agent, you know, I'm 99% certain this is the document you need to show to the customer. This, this kind of thing really helps the agents. It's improving their life, making the work um, easier for them, as well as on the other side with, with the customers. I mean, things like using analytics to, to study what customers like and don't like and when they prefer to come shopping, what channels they prefer to use. I mean, all of this just makes the relationship between the brand and the customer closer and easier to manage. I love what, that you talked about the, you know, making the agent's job easier. Oftentimes the agent is the face of the company, the only touch point they have with a real human being within the organization. And so their satisfaction and happiness should really be something we focus on. And um, so I, I love that you spoke about that, which I uh, brings me to my next question. What is something that you wish more people understood 
about contact center processes, best practices, and technology? Well, I'll mention, I'll pick up on that point that you just made there immediately, because I think that if you can't focus on like the employee or the agent experience, then you're not going to deliver a great customer experience anyway. You know, if, if your agents are sitting there just watching the clock, waiting for the end of their shift, swearing under their breath because they have to like do basic things like cut and paste a customer number from one application to another, then yeah, you, you, you're not going to deliver great CX. Um, so, so that kind of improve using tech to improve the life of the agent is kind of fundamental because then you can focus on the CX side of this as well. Um, I think that what's very interesting in the contact center space is how we're seeing so many different emerging technologies being proven on CX. You know, the, the interface between brands and customers is, is really like a proving ground for things, things like um, chatbots, um, uh, you know, robotic process automation, natural language processing, you know, being able to understand what customers say and then act on it immediately. And, and all these other things I mentioned, like analytics, um, AI, machine learning, you know, we're seeing all this stuff actually rolled out with real use cases in the CX space far ahead of many other industries. And I, and I think that that's, that's really interesting. And I think that if you look back at how people outside of the industry traditionally looked at contact centers, then it was just a customer calling about a product after they purchased it. You know, it was all about a complaint or a problem or a question. And it was someone who's just bought your product and needs help. Um, and that's completely changed now. now. Now we're managing customer relationships on a sort of ongoing basis. You know, someone may be talking to a brand uh, months or years before they ever actually make a purchase. So you can actually have interactions with people who are not your customers at all. Um, and you could ask, well, what's the value in talking to them? But now you're looking at multiple years and decades of interaction as the kind of norm. You know, I, if I'm going to build a relationship, let's say I'm a car company like Chevrolet, I don't want to just make a sale and then forget about that person. I want to stay in touch with them after they become a customer and make sure that they are a repeat customer over several years. So I, I think we're seeing the customer service process become much more attached to total lifetime value of the customer rather than all the traditional metrics we see, which are only ever focused on those individual calls. You mentioned something um, about all these different technologies that we're now using, all these, these flashy acronyms, RPA and things like that. Um, and I think I'm going a bit off script here, Mark, but we now are seeing that people thought RPA was going to be the end all be all. It came on and we thought, oh, there we go. We're going to let robots take over some of this heavy lifting for us in the CX world. And do you, what is your opinion on that? I think... Um, from my experience in the industry, what we're seeing is we're seeing more of this people process and technology such as RPA starting to work together. What's your opinion on what we first thought about RPA and where we've gotten to today with that specific technology? Well, I, I think that you can take an analogy from going all the way back to say the nineties and the introduction of email in most companies. And you saw an expectation that some people just had to learn how to use it and some executives would continue to print out their messages and then write replies and expect their secretary to reply to it. Um, 
and and we saw that again really with social media um where there was a wave of companies banning social media saying it's a waste of time before they started realizing well actually no this is a great way to have outreach to our customers um and you're sort of seeing that again now i think with automation tools where i think that we will start to see people require like a knowledge or a basic literacy of tools like rpa outside of the cx and it industries and and what i mean is when you look at anybody in any kind of professional job often has to do a lot of data sifting um often a lot of repetitive tasks and searching around for information you know and this could be an estate agent trying to find the ideal property where they've got thousands on their books or it could be a lawyer trying to find a precedent over decades of legal cases um i think that you know we will see many professionals in all of these type of different um industries uh, and professions requiring something like rpa knowledge as a basic skill you know just just like you expect somebody be, to be able to use email without training today i love that idea that it'll become the norm across industries that we're not seeing it in now but many um that's something that hasn't been brought up so that's great thank you mark um what career or practical advice do you have for people looking to grow their skills and impact the technology used in contact center management? Yeah, I think this goes back to the, the the point I was just making about how much we're now looking at brands developing a relationship over 40 or 50 years with their customers rather than just thinking about the contact center managing that sort of 2 minute phone call. So so that you know that then brings you back to well how are companies going to do that you know clearly there's going to be a, a lot of uh, data management involved um and data analytics um we're going to need tools like ai to be doing stuff like searching through the information finding customer preferences so i think you just need to think much bigger than well working in a contact center is about taking calls because actually there is an incredible amount of different um technologies that are now supporting the connection between customers and the the brands that are that are trying to sell something and you know we've seen this over decades now with amazon developing um amazon's a great example because everybody knows that just as they're about to click to buy something amazon will always suggest you know here's a special offer on this product why don't you buy this because it's we know it's something that you'll like and probably find useful based on your shopping history but now we're sort of seeing this across all kinds of industries and so i think that um you know when you when you sit back and think about what are the kind of skills that i need definitely that there's a wide range of technology skills that that you can explore but but most of those emerging tech um skills you can see quite easily um how they map back onto the customer relationship when when you just think about it in terms of you know the brand managing that customer over 40 years Thank you Mark. So now we're moving into the part of the interview that I really enjoy the most where I ask for basically career advice for myself but also for our younger uh readers and listeners. If you could talk to your younger self, what would you warn yourself or tell yourself to do differently in regards specifically to your career? 
Yeah, I, I was looking at this question that you sent me and I was thinking, it's funny because, you know, I've had so many crazy experiences because of, you know, I've studied business, I got an MBA, um, I, I studied computer science initially, and, and I ended up working in technology. Um, I also started doing a, a doctorate in psychology because that was uh, something I was really interested in during my MBA. And, and I quit that after a year just because I found that it was going to be very useful if I wanted to be a teacher, but but not for any other kind of practical application. And 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 so I think that I think that um, one of the things I found though is that with my studies they were always quite broad. You know, the MBA teaches you everything from marketing to accounting. Um, my original software engineering course that that I studied when I was younger, you know, it basically just teaches you how to code and do things like systems analysis. So I think that um, if I was looking back and maybe talking to someone younger, I would definitely sort of say, maybe specialize a bit more, look at what you're really interested in and, and focus, like drill down into that um, rather than just sort of spending a couple of years studying, you know, very, very broad subjects, because eventually you need to get the experience um, in more specialized areas to actually find the value anyway. I like that idea. And I would say the same if I was going to speak to a younger self, I would say drill down a bit more. Don't get such a broad degree as I did the same thing. Mm. Um, as my final question, Mark, what advice do you have for professionals responsible for managing contact center floors and choosing the best technology to streamline their agents processes in order to assure great customer experiences? Yeah, I mean, I think that I, I would go back to what I was saying about implementation and also just the the utility of the technologies that, that you're selecting and trying to implement. I mean, first, don't be influenced just by the stuff that you read in the media. I mean, endlessly, you'll look at, you know, magazines like Forbes that say uh, um, the automation is taking over we're seeing the end of the contact center and and the bot the bots are here i mean the economist wrote an article about five years ago that said um, contact centers have only got a couple of years left and so you know don't just look at the technology for the sake of the technology but look at how it can be implemented and how it can improve the work that the agent's doing? How can it make them more efficient? How can it actually even make them enjoy their job more? You know, can you use technology to actually make their life a lot easier? Because then you're, you are definitely going to see uh, a lot of value from that. You improve, improve the employee experience and you're going to boost CX as well because nobody wants to be sitting there just doing the same thing over and over again. That's great. Well, Mark, that brings us to the end of our interview. Thank you so much for joining us. And I hope to speak to you soon. That's great. Thank you very much. This has been recorded for Quality Assurance. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And to learn more about Fistio, visit fistio.io.